The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? Tonight, this Saturday night, I have some good friends in the studio. You know Sean McKeon. Everyone knows Sean McKeon. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Good to see you again. Um, yeah, dude. I, I love coming to the show. The, these um, question and answer ones are, are dope, too. Yep. Dope to have Connie here, too. Yeah, and we got to bring Connie in. You guys all remember Connie from a few months back. Connie Sanchez from San Diego. Hey, hey. It's good to have you back. I'm glad to be back. I agree with Sean. The Q&As are my favorite. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it because it's like the Wild West. You never it's know what you're going to get. literally the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, I think so. a lot of times, too, when you do the questions online or whatever, people get a little bit more vulnerable. You know, sometimes it's hard to like, call on the phone anymore. Yeah. Days. People don't really call it like they, they used to. Um, but text or inboxing through social is mm-hmm. a great way to be able to connect to the audience because there's a lot of people either struggling through things or just have, like, questions they just need advice yeah. these are just questions that you don't necessarily it's it's these questions that don't necessarily get answered and this is a free space to ask whatever mm-hmm. and no questions a dumb question like you know here's yeah. this could be a dumb question to a lot of uh solid christians that have been in church forever but why do we pray to jesus and not god yeah right yeah yeah and 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 these are these questions that that need to be answered that can just really um expand your faith and get you on the, the right track something so simple but something so important, but I want to give a little background on on Sean. You're a you're a pastor, yeah. teacher uh, here. You also help out with the movement. You're a co-host of, of the radio show here uh, at at, uh, at the show, and you're part of Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. Connie, you do many things. You're a mom, number one. Mm-hmm. And what else do you do? I work a social media business in the beauty industry. And there it is. And pastor's wife and, you know, all the things. Yeah, all the pastor's things. wife, too, <laughs> to Phil Sanchez, which is a worship leader. And you guys are down at... Um, San Diego, Saddleback San Diego. Saddleback San Diego, yep. yep. So it's awesome to have you back. So we're going to have some co- good perspectives, some cool perspectives. I like uh, bringing you in. I think Sean and I both like bringing you in because you uh, you have the church base, but then you also uh, you have that mainstream base because that's where your other business is. Yeah. And that, that's what keeps it spicy, you know? Yeah. And that's a very good place. That's like us. We're always constantly out. You're, you're, met, you're, you're uh, managing or... Uh, baseball. You're, you're, man- yeah. you're the manager of I'm the baseball. The manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm about to make it to the big leagues in a yeah. little bit. Well, you do a lot of, a lot of awesome stuff because you're out in a coach. Connected and, and with families, yep. man. Connected in the community. You know, a lot of great relationships that I have. Like, I have a lot of opportunities here at Golden Springs. There's thousands of people that come here weekly. Uh, but... When I'm away from here, there are a lot of opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, these kids are not always going to be 10 years old or 11 years old. Before you know it, they're 15, they're 18, yeah. and now they're battling with the stuff that we always talk about: addiction, yeah. depression, yeah. suicide, and a lot of these things. Dealing with the death of a loved one, and so I've had a lot of opportunities to like just kind of be real with them. Are they able to connect with me? Like the other day. I, we were doing baptisms here at Golden Springs. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the moms that, were, that is uh, her son's on my team, they're like, hey, you know my friend so-and-so? She just got baptized the other day, and her name was Nicole. I remember that because my wife's name is Nicole. And I remember she had a dramatic conversion of drugs and alcohol, and me and Scott had the opportunity to baptize. So for her, she's able to see that perspective. Oh, that's my son's coach. Mm-hmm. But also, look, baptizing my friend who yeah. battled with yeah. addiction and is walking with the Lord now. Yeah. It's a, a cool little thing. But that's the way, you know, that's the way it should be. And, you know, I've always talked to you about that. It's like it's, it's, it's good to be out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the Jesus ministry. He was yeah. out from town to town, village to village, and then he would surface in the church. Yep. 
And then Paul, he was a tent maker. He would that he, the guy was like uh, making tents by day and then slinging the gospel yeah. by night, late hours at night because people are falling out of windows and dying, yeah. right? And then yeah. they had to raise them from the dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you really think yeah. about that, is the model, and that's how you keep it spicy or just you know relevant. I guess right. is a better word is because you're constantly in and out, and you're in culture. You don't you don't become institutionalized by the right. church, and you lose touch with what yeah. what's right. really going on, and then. When you know what's really going on in the world, you can actually give real advice. Yeah. Because if you live in the church and you're just – this is your, your zone bubble, yeah. and you're trying to give advice of like church advice, that's not relevant right. to yeah. the culture. Well, and that's, that's literally why I love you guys so much and I talk about you guys all the time is you're relatable. You're just right. relatable. And people even tell me, they're like, you're not really a typical pastor's wife. And I'm like, I don't know if I take that as offense or not, but I don't. Yeah. What they mean is yeah. – you're not too churchy to where we, we are like, we not don't relatable. receive from you, yeah. but also I do stand by the word. I do yeah. l- try to live out a biblical lifestyle, but everything you said, be relatable to people. So 100. That, that's what I love about you guys, and that's why I love being here. Okay, can I give an example real quick? Yeah. I just came to my mind. It's about your dad. You know, so, so many people know your dad, uh, you know, done ministry for a lot of years, but like he's had that influence like outside the church as well. I was with him last week at a taco place. He goes, all the time. You know, he eats Mexican food probably like four or five mm-hmm. days a week, right? At least. At least. <laughs> he is a taco. And like, we're like, we're in mid conversation, me, him, and Wayne. And then he just stands up and it's like these four guys. He can tell that one or two of them recognize him, recognize his voice. And he just gets up and starts talking with them. And then he could sense that one of them is just a guy that works with them. They're construction guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was just straight up like, do you know Jesus? Are you going to give your life to the Lord? Look how crazy this world is. Yeah. But like with compassion, with yeah. sincerity. Yeah. Like and the people guy was like, from him. they receive like receive from him, it, then. you know. Like he goes to his car, gets a bunch of his books, prayed for them, and it's yeah. like, those are those opportunities in a practical sense that are yeah. really all around us. It's not just like in the in the church building, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and that's why we have the show to keep doing it. And I just got back from Pride Week down in uh, Mexico. Uh, you know, we were doing ministry down there, mm. and it was awesome. And yeah. God opened the doors, and we were able to minister to to a lot of people and the government officials that were ushering us around. They were they were actually part of the LGBTQ community. And they were kind of nervous when they were first around us because they were like, okay, these guys believe in God, this and yeah. that. But then as we started talking and sharing about, like you were just saying, just like life mm-hmm. circumstances, what mm-hmm. we go through. And they actually saw that we loved the, the students that we're speaking to and where, where we were going. So they started just opening up more doors wow. uh, in the main part of Puerto Vallarta for us to do ministry in the main amphitheater. And, and we were giving hugs. We were praying with them. And it was just like, I have this cool, awesome, I got to post this, this like group photo after, but they loved us. They're like, dude, whatever you guys want, you come back. Mm. And that's what people need to see yeah. is, is that we love them. We care about them. Maybe they don't want to make the, a change in their life, but that door's open. Yeah. You know, when that time comes, just like all those, those uh, coaches that you guys have. Yeah. Or, or not coaches, but like, you know, people that Families you come across, yeah. they come and hit you up. So anyway, awesome. that's what it's for. And that's a little introduction on all, all you guys. And that's why I love having you guys here is because um, you guys are in and uh, out of the world, you know. So let's okay. go. Let's, we're going to start it. We're just going to fire it off to you because, you right. know, you're the, you're the guest of honor here today. As a working woman. Oh, boy. <laughs> I guess it only applies to Period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. As a working woman, how do you get perspective in what you're working for and not feeling mom guilt, which is a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Of pressure to be perfect mom and how ha- and have successful business, etc. Okay. Such a good question. I actually get this question a lot, especially doing what I do. Um, because I do run a business and I am still a mom and I want to raise my kids and be their biggest influence. Yeah. And 
I see a lot of women struggle with, and I even do too. Let's be honest. I even do too. I know what the word says. I know what my calling is, but I even struggle. I'm human. But I think that the reason we tend to struggle is because we as women start compare, comparing our calling with our, mm. our other friends' calling. Right. And, be, and social media, it can be a beautiful thing, but it can be a real trippy thing too. And totally. so we get on and we see our friend's business is rocking and rolling and she's killing it and she's doing all these things. And I'm not, so I must be failing, right? Because yeah. I'm just home with the kids or vice versa. I'm, you know, I see this other mom and she's always home with her kids and she makes all the perfect lunches and she's the PTA mom, which by the way is not me. And I've come to terms with it. And, and I'm over here working so much. So now I must be failing. I must be a terrible mom, right? Because I'm not always with my kids and what it comes down to, you can get real messed up and you can struggle with that. Even as I'm sure as guys, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. not as much when you don't know what God's called you to do in the season that you're in. Yeah. And so yeah. that's where I always tell people, I was like, okay, regardless of what's going on around you, what has God gifted you with and what has he called you to do with that mm-hmm. right now in this season? Maybe it is to sacrifice and go work really hard and mm-hmm. do what you got to do for a season. Yeah. Maybe it's to let that go and just be present with your kids for a season. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's why we say a season because they change. Mm-hmm. I've seen it change so many times in the past five and a half years that I've been a mom. And so I think the best way to get perspective is one, you got to know what God's calling you to do in your season, regardless of what everybody else around you is doing and what they're pushing for. Okay. Um, Second thing is, is I would literally be nowhere without Phil. And this is where the family unit comes into play, right? I don't go to my boss or my coworker or my best friend to figure out how I'm doing as a mom. I go to Phil and say, where are we as a family and what goals do we have as a family? Right. And that's how I can gauge what I need to pull back on or what I need to push forward more in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what has God called me to do and what does Phil think? And honestly, anything else outside of that, it, it really doesn't matter. And I tell right. people that. I'm like, it, outside of what God and your husband has called you guys to do for your family, really what influence does that have, right? You let that have influence over you and you give it power over you. And it is hard. I'm not going to lie. I think it's hard because, again, social media, mm-hmm. right? We just see all these different things that we might need to be here. And I don't know if it's the same for you guys. I don't know. Do you guys struggle with that or is it just kind of a girl thing? Well, with I think with social media, it, that's easy for people to look at other people's lives because you're seeing, like, the best of the right. real. You know it's what a mean? highlight reel. It's a yeah. highlight reel. And you're like, man, these guys are doing this or, you know, I should be doing that. There's always the I should be, am I in the right place, doing the right thing? Right. And I think anyone could can struggle with that. But I think what it comes down to, where, where I personally find my my peace, is just knowing that you're in God's will and you right. have that peace. Yep. You know what I mean? Because there's some seasons like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm touring or whatever, and then I'll come home and I'm just hanging out. When I'm home, that downtime for me is like the, oh, man, what am I doing in my life? And I'm like, I just got off a, a right. 10-day tour and did 30 events. Right. What am I tripping on right now? Yeah. But it's just those seasons. Like, no, this is the season. I'm home right now. I'm studying. I'm with the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting that in order. And then there's going to be another trip to go out and do the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't just live, like, in that. that yeah. it, it, there's seasons. And then the other thing with seasons, too, is, like, you know, I remember I went through a season where I was teaching at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and Diamond Bar doing the shines with your husband, mm-hmm. with Phil doing the worship. And that was a three-year season. And God at that time was developing me. I didn't travel as much, mm-hmm. but God was developing me as a Bible teacher during yeah. that time. And that actually developed a radio show and a teaching show as well. So that three-year season developed this, and it developed mm-hmm. a, a teaching show. Yeah. But I'm not teaching every week in, in, in a church now. Now I'm doing mm-hmm. Great Commission, and I surface in churches now. I'm teaching, able to teach right. around the world. 
but it's these seasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being yeah. Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say being faithful with what you got while you have it. Like, yeah. just be faithful in the now until another door maybe opens or closes, right? Yeah. And like your dad always says, got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Doesn't Raul always say that? Yeah. Like, keep the main thing, the main thing, and then everything else can come from there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. When you, get, you guys both said seasons, and it is, like, things change, you know? And hearing God's voice, like, and being led by conviction— you know, what we're facing in our society is the danger of comparison. You know, mm-hmm. this happens. I was ministering to this kid the other day that was battling with depression. He's battling with suicidal thoughts or whatever. And one of the factors was he's seeing all of his other friends and cousins doing well in school. And the parents are stoked. Yeah. I'm sucking. I'm not, I'm not doing well in school. And so, therefore, it makes them feel this guilt and the shame. And then as you get older, you look at other things. Man, I wish I had what these people had, or I wish I had what these people. Or they look like they have, like, the perfect relationship. But you've been around long enough that Mm -hmm. I've seen it. Like, people that you perceive to have the best relationships or whatever, they're, like, in disarray. That's why they're lying on on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) And and so, and then for you, like, personally, like, you do have to be led. And you've got to fulfill the call that God has upon your life. It's so important. You know, for us, you bring up. Um, up Phil for your husband and for us for our wives for Ryan for Crystal for me for Nicole mm-hmm. like you have to be on the same page yeah. because being like a pastor's wife being a, a wife uh, to Ryan who d- travels and does all these things you got to be on the same page yeah. because it is isn't for everybody yep. right it's not and you got to know the strengths and the weaknesses of your wife you can't assume that your wife is Sharon Reese, your mom, or somebody else that's yeah. been around a long time. You also got to be able to be, okay, this is a time where I got to hunker down, kind of yeah. chill at home for a little bit. You know, I, I look at like my own life in the last years, like from the beginning of ministry, always kind of full time, um, even when I got married. But then teaching Friday nights, I taught Friday nights for 12 years, 10, mm-hmm. 11 years, every Friday night. Friday nights are done. Yeah. You know, the day before is preparation. Saturday's kind of recovering, but getting ready. Saturday, we did the live show. That's down right. in Costa Mesa yeah, all the time. Show, yep. And then I'm getting up 4.30 in the morning on Sundays. That was a really, really busy season mm-hmm. that was for a long time. And my right. kids are growing. They're three. They're four. Mm-hmm. They're five. Now Cohen's 13. Um, but now some of those things have stopped, and now I'm able to, to do some things. But then we also know that right. other things go as well. The main thing is understanding the temperature of your home right. to make sure that you're on the same page and, and you hear God's voice. Obviously, if you do what God says, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's not going to um, bring you in to be a bad father or a bad husband or not fulfill your call. Mm -hmm. When you fulfill your call and you're hearing God's voice, he's going to tell you, like, you need to be invested in your home. There's something in your marriage that you need to invest in as well. You invest in a lot of people, you need to invest in home. Make sure you find that balance. And like you said, we're going to be lopsided sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're right. going to be right on point. Sometimes maybe we, we go off and maybe you get corrected by your husband or, or a wise right. tell us something. And you just got to listen. Like we're, yeah. It's just a process. It's, yeah. it's continue. You just continue to make adjustments and right. try to stay on the right track and navigate and go, okay, where right. are we at financially? Where are we at spiritually? spiritually where are we yeah. at with the family, the time, this and that? That's, yeah. that's basically... And also the one thing, the other thing I like to speak into is that like, also if you're if you if you're walking in your call, you have peace. But then if you're not in your call, say if God's called you to your whatever your lifestyle is, you know your work ethic, 
But then say the wife or the husband is like, no, I need, you know, you got, they're pulling you out. Mm -hmm. They're pulling away from your call because when you're in your call, that's what makes you tick. That's what makes you live. Like if I'm not out doing the great commission, like at some, if I'm not just speaking at some capacity throughout the year, like if I just don't speak for like three months or two months, that will kill me because speaking keeps me sharp. Why does it keep me sharp? Radio shows keep me sharp. Why? Because I'm studying. I'm in the word. I got to be yeah. on it. You got to be sharp. You can't – you got to be uh, – that's what keeps you ticking. You can't right. just like pull out and then all of a sudden you, you, you lose your identity in, in – because your Christ has called you to live in him and he's put a call on you. So you start losing yourself in a sense because you're not – you're not doing what God's called you to do and you get right. kind of off track and you feel weird and, you know, mm-hmm. it's important mm-hmm. to be doing what call, God's yeah. called you to do. Yeah. And there's a balance. Yep. Dude, what you just said right now yeah. is, is such an important point. And I think this is important to elaborate on because I think it, it impacts all people, not just somebody like you that speaks, somebody that like you that ministers so much and does a lot of stuff on social media and myself as a pastor. Like, if you aren't hearing God's voice, you could very easily get led astray by people that you love, you care for, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but they don't understand the calling that God's placed upon your heart. Right. He has called you for a purpose in this world. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. One day, so you are somebody. People are going to be doing your funeral, you know, uh, if the Lord tarries. And you want to make sure that you finish the race that God has set before you. I have seen many times guys and girls that pull themselves out of a call, a ministry, um, and it's the focus of like only being with the family or only doing this in itself. It, it's not bad. Like, I'm a family man. Like, I was brought up that way. My my mom, my dad, mm-hmm. I'm still close. I'm still close to my brothers, all connected. Um, and I have a high value on that uh, on family. But I also have seen when those that get they get um, off balance, and before you know it, now right. church isn't important. All these other activities are more important. Their calling's right. not important. And they're having all these needs. And it happens slowly. It happens like in months and years, and before you know it, there's a drift. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it too too much. So there's lessons to be learned that the things that maybe that might be difficult at the time, you got to really make sure that you're hearing God's voice yeah. when you're making those decisions of shifting. I'm, I'm gonna let you speak of this again, but it's also good for the mind because you you see a lot of these guys that fall out or girls that fall out of whatever their call is because right. of they've been told to leave or you know derailed right. from what they're what makes them tick or makes what makes them feel alive that's why i tell crystal i feel alive mm-hmm. yeah. when i'm out on the great commission yeah. speaking and in these environments i feel alive i don't care if it's you know me it's like if it's two kids on the street or if we're in a music festival or whatever it does not matter size doesn't matter it's just being out and mm-hmm. doing it and seeing god work that makes me alive but a lot of people that you'll see that will get out of that the things that make them tick or make them feel alive because it's that it's like that's the whole reason why you're here placed on planet Earth. Yeah. You could be a, an attorney. God designed you to be an attorney. Right. God designed you to be a doctor, God, the president or whatever or like, you know, in footwear or apparel or whatever. But that's what makes you tick. And you pull yourself out of that stuff and then that leads to depression, yep. anxiety. Yeah. Yep. And you're down. You're miserable. And you're like, I'm just at home with the kids or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Right. But like even like Crystal, she has her own – she runs a vitamin. She has her own yeah. vitamin company. She, I mean, she has a, a couple other different projects that she's working on. So she's mother, 
Oh, and she's like, well, am I my pastor's wife? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on. no, you're an evangelist wife. <laughs> True. <laughs> and she's like, well, what does that look like? I'm on, you have to go read like a, a, a Greg Laurie book or like a, yeah. a, a Billy Graham book or something. I don't know. <laughs> she read the, Greg, the, the Billy Graham book when I first met her. Uh-huh. It's funny enough. And then, you know, evangelism. But yeah, so she doesn't even know what that looks like. Yeah. Like you, you know. But she's staying in what brings her joy and brings her passion. And right. If you do not use the gifts and talents God has given you, all those things happen. But even worse, not only do you start to become, you know, down or depressed or whatever, you miss out on having some of the greatest impact in this world that you have no idea you could have because you have condemnation from something or you're feeling guilt from Mm -hmm. something that is not of God. Just like Sean said, he's not going to give you a gift or a talent and then condemn you for not using it. Like, no, he wants you to use it. And it's going to come with checks and balances within your family in different seasons. And everything, okay, there's three words. I want, I want to talk about that, about how he prepares you for this season. And then condemnation and hearing God's voice. Those are the three things I'm, I'm hearing for this, for this show. Okay. So number one, you were saying that these seasons. Mm-hmm. So everything that you're doing now, all these different seasons you go through is leading you up to this point to your destiny. But you have to go through these seasons to prepare you to be that person and be able to equip you to be Mm -hmm. able to handle this growth seasons and these opportunities. You might be like going, I work at a warehouse right now and I'm shipping stuff. Well, dude, you might end up being like an owner of a company. You better know how to ship. Right. You better know about production. You better learn about you know, stitching right. and colorways and all these different things. If you think you're going to be an owner of a company, you better learn how the back end just to get the products out the door to get it delivered. Mm-hmm. That's number one because you could have a company, but if you don't make a delivery, you're going to be out of business next week, yeah. Yeah. right? So when you look at that whole perspective, there, all these seasons are building you and, and creating you into this vessel for honorable use for mm-hmm. whatever God has for you in this in these different seasons. So yeah. seasons are important. Yep. And then I want to hit on, we have eight minutes left of the show, but I want to hit on, let's talk about uh, condemnation, and then we're going to go into hearing God's voice. So condemnation, you just said you might be living in condemnation when God has this yeah. call for you, but you're getting condemnation. Yeah, and I think I we saw that on, someone on was saying, yeah, yeah, like what's the difference between conviction, right, and condemnation? Right. And I know you guys will have some good answers for this, but the way I think of it in the simplest terms is condemnation keeps you bound for from something in the past that you did. Mm-hmm. Conviction is God moving you towards making a change to be better for the future. Condemnation is you're struggling over something that's past, forgiven. It's already been done and gone, but you're holding on to it for no reason because God's already forgiven it. But conviction is a good thing, and we all need that, and we want that, and that's to push us into change to be better for the future, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So, I mean, this can come in so many different ways and so many different things that we we all see. But what – I mean, I don't know how else you guys would describe it. But So what about like what you were saying how if – God's called you to be, say, you're, you know, a businesswoman, right. a mother, all these different things right. that you do. But what if you're getting, what if the enemy's coming in and going, he's trying to derail you from that? What is that called? Because those are those fiery darts, yeah. right? From Ephesians, or Ephesians talking yeah. about those fiery darts. But he's, he's like condemning you. Yeah. He's condemning you. Right. Don't do that. You're a bad mom. If you right. do that, so the condemnation also comes yes, not true. only just of the past, mm-hmm. but of like, what you're going to walk right. into. No, don't do that. You'd be a horrible mom. Right. Why are you going to, why are you traveling to be an evangelist all the time? Your kids are at home. Yeah. Your poor kids, you know, all these thoughts. Cause he's trying to derail you mm-hmm. from that destiny that God's trying to walk you into. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, condemnation. So it is guilt and shame, right? Um, From the past, it it is for sure. And that's what the Bible says, that you are no longer to live under the condemnation. Uh, To combat condemnation is to walk in the Spirit. So you walk in the mm-hmm. spirit, you can have the peace of God. You yeah. walk in the flesh, condemnation. That's that's hearing the voice. And so this is from the current time, the the combating condemnation is hearing God's voice. Because right. in the book of John, first John, uh, John says, If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts. I've always loved that. Hmm. Because it's the reality that we battle with right. condemnation sometimes. We battle with guilt, we battle mm-hmm. with shame. And even if we can't even figure it out, like God is greater than our hearts, our emotions, the, the things that we go through on the, day, on the daily, you know, and God's fair. He's just. He, he has patience with us and, and enduring love. You know, sometimes we miss the mark a little bit maybe in, in these situations like we were just saying. Um, but conviction is a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like conviction is. I am wrong in here. And, and if you're married, you, you definitely need to have conviction because a lot of right. times we think we're right on everything. And yep. then we have Wait, to see, we aren't. <laughs> then we have to see things from a perspective. Right. Like you're, you're a smart aleck. We grew up smart yeah. aleck. So sometimes um, I have that too. I, I think I'm pretty funny sometimes, but sometimes my, like, no, not yeah, at all. Sometimes your timing's off. And right. now you just get this like, look, you're like, like, and so even though I meant it to be a, a certain way, if it's taken from a way that actually led in like a negative thing, I got to take that into right. consideration, right? Yeah. And so you have to be led by the conviction of God's spirit, and, but you can't. So what condemnation does, not only does it bring guilt and shame, it actually leads to fear. Yes. And it leads to being paralyzed. Yes. Yeah. I, you can't move. Good. Yep. You, you, in depression comes in, you can't see yep. the light of the end of the tunnel, you know, and God allowed, see, one of the dangerous things that are going on in our society today, as we're, we're moving adversity away from kids, you know, from challenges, yep. like you need to have challenges in your life. Mm-hmm. It, it causes you to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it sometimes in athletics. You see it sometimes in academics. You see it sometimes in personal traits oh he's just that way and just kind of justify things that aren't good right. actually um look, just, at a, look at a navy seal oh yeah exactly. how do you become a war machine now these guys can pretty much live you know in yeah. the worst circumstances yeah. ever it's because of challenges yeah. yeah led them to be a warrior yeah. you have to go through challenges the bible speaks about this often um and when you go through adversity it, it purifies you it strengthens you i love that illustration that dale ga- gave where um, in First Peter, it talks about that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be to praise, honor, and glory. Mm-hmm. He talks about like going to Home Depot for tools, and you get tools, you get a hammer. It says tempered on it. And what does tempered mean? Tempered means that this tool was taken mm-hmm. through the fire, right? And it has proved itself to be effective, yep. right? Yep. It's tempered, it's ready for use. And that's a good picture of us. Like when you go right. through the fire, when you go through the testing, there are things in life that have shaped you and mold you into the man or the woman that you have been yeah. to prepare you for the, the challenges that are before you. You give the illustration of the military, mm-hmm. Navy SEALs, you know, Marine Recon, all, all those things. Like those guys have to go through so much battles and testings just to be prepared for the battles that they mm-hmm. know are going to come in their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. We have two minutes left, and I'm gonna take this to the break. But I wanted to go back to this whole mom guilt, and and mm-hmm. and because you said, does that happen with you guys? 
Well, it could happen. I want to speak into the traveling fathers, yeah. just like the working moms. Yeah. You know, you think it's just a working mom thing. You know, mom's like, I have guilt because I'm not working. Right. But traveling, traveling fathers, think about like all of our yeah. friends are in rock bands or, or hip hop bands or whatever. And then I'm a traveling evangelist. So I, I actually qualify as a traveling dad. Mm-hmm. And you're gone. Mm. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, I'm on tour. And you're seeing people get saved. And, and or you know, these guys are making money traveling, playing in front of thousands of people. But yet, like, you know, sending these guys, these guys leave for like a month and a half. They're on tour. Like, mm-hmm. you're a kid's in Europe right now for like the whole, all the music festivals for a month and a half. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to see his daughter mm-hmm. and the whole thing. But, you know, we have that same thing where we have, we could have that guilt. And that's that condemnation that Satan's right. like, dude, what are you doing? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Get home. But God has called us for yep. this call in our life. And again, it makes us tick. It brings us alive. But also God is giving us this unique opportunity to do these things. Yeah. So it's important, which we're going to go to the, the next half of the show. And we're going to open it up with uh, how do we know when God is communicating with us? That's one of the yeah. questions. So we've, we've hit the seasons. We hit the call, what makes us alive versus what can make us go into depression mm-hmm. and just be miserable at home mm-hmm. or miserable in a job. That's not even your call. Right. Don't, don't be at home with your kids. Go work, okay? So you can think about that whole side, right? right? Mm-hmm. We need money. You need to go. And then also now your, your call is to be actually be at home right. with the kids. So it could go in many different ways. It's not just like the working mom, yeah. right? So then now when we come back, we'll go into um, hearing God's voice. How do we hear God's voice? Mm-hmm. How do we know we can pick up the clear signal and maybe mm-hmm. even when to even – how do we know when to step out in that when there's a time to sit and pray versus a time to walk by faith? Because a lot of people yeah. get stuck just praying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what's the difference between a rut and a grave, like Chuck Smith would mm-hmm. say. It's only the depth and the width, right? Yeah. Yep. And you could be a Christian in a rut and a grave. So we're going to come back in about 20 seconds. Uh, we're going to go to break in 20 seconds. Go to thewhosewebers.com. Go to the YouTube. Get all the past shows. Uh, what, what's it, what is it? Uh, the Ryan Reese Show on YouTube. Click that. You can get all the past shows. Go to the website. Book us for a tour. We'd love to come to your city or state. We'll talk to you guys in two minutes. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. I'm Don Hawkins inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.
Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com. Ryan Reese Show. All right, we are back this Saturday night. I got Sean McKean in studio and Connie Sanchez. If you guys have been tuning in, this show has been amazing. Honestly, just the, the content that's been coming out of your mouth, Connie and Sean. And we were just talking about seasons in our life. Uh, the call that God has in our life. You know, if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a working mom, you could be having mom guilt or a traveling father, a musician, or Actually, a lot of people travel. You have to go speak to at construction sites and different things. One of my neighbors is a construction worker, or he used to speak for construction sites all over the place. And his wife said he was never even home. Hmm. You know, so you have all these different people, and you can have guilt. Oh man, I'm, I need to be home with the family. Or you can even be in a season where God's called you to this, but then you're getting condemnation from the enemy, saying, "Oh, you don't want to go do this. You'd be a bad mom." Mm-hmm. But God has actually called this to you. And when you're not living in God's call. That's mm-hmm. where the anxiety can kick in. Yep. You could be depressed. What do you mean you could be depressed? You could be depressed because you're not actually living the whole purpose while you're here on planet Earth. You're missing the whole call that God has called to you. So how does that come down to? That comes down to hearing mm-hmm. God's voice. And if you want more details, you're going to have to go to our YouTube and click on and listen to the first half of the show. I would highly recommend that. But now, this next half, I want to get into hearing God's voice. So one of the questions that came in was, how do we know when God is communicating with you. How do you know? And this is very tricky because, Mm -hmm. you know, you've heard of people, uh, the rep, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, he said he had some false words over people where people will go, God told me this on your life. And then you go and try to live this false word and you could end up in a mess. So it's very, uh, you need to make sure you're, you're hearing God's voice, not just hearing if someone has a word for you. Right. When I get words from people, I'm like, awesome. Because I believe in the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. as you guys know. So if someone gives me a word, I, I actually email myself, and I send it on the date and time. And then what I've noticed is when you get words from people is God will communicate that word through several different people. Or he'll speak to you, you know, through scripture or whatever. But normally when I get a word, I'll get that same word through like three or four different people. And it'll be... The same concept, just word a little bit different because he speaks through people differently. Mm-hmm. And then if they start adding up, then you're like, yo, yo that's going right. to probably happen. And most likely, it ends up happening. Just like when, you know, I got probably, I think, 12 or 13 different people came up to me and they said they had dreams that we had a son. Really? After the triplets. And I was like, you ate too many tacos last <laughs> night. I didn't know I'm that. Not, cool. Yeah, yeah. And wow. they kept happening. And it was like, wow. I'd be in Australia or I'd be here at the church, and just random people would say that, and hmm. what happened? Yeah. So, so that's that's just on the supernatural realm right. of things, of through words and dreams and all that. But how God mostly speaks to us audibly is through our heart, or He could speak through through His Word. Mm-hmm. And well, let's actually let's just talk about how God speaks to yeah. us. So, so Connie, we'll start with you, yeah. ladies first. How do we know? How do you know when God is communicating? 
to you to do something? How does it even start? Well, like you said, honestly, a lot of different ways. And you have to remember, guys, if you're listening to this, we're, we're coming at you from a perspective of we've been walking with God for quite a few years. So we kind of are probably a little more in tune, right, to the ways God speaks to us versus someone that's new, right? Just like a regular relationship you have. When you first start to get to know someone, you don't know their mannerisms or their little. But when you hang out with that person all the time, you know who they are. You know their character. You yeah. start to become attuned to their heart, their words, their voice. It's the same with God, right? The more you spend time with him and you know his character, his will for you, which is all laid out here in the Bible, which is why we read the Bible, the more you're going to start to understand and recognize his voice. For me personally, we just talked about it in the first half of the show, in this crazy busy world with me trying to raise these little girls, run this big business, do all these things, I would miss 100% of God's voices personally, because I know my personality, because I'm just so fluttered around in the world. Even though I know God, and I'll, I'll miss it if I am not actively seeking it out. So that's the first thing I would say is, I have to actively seek out. If I want to hear from God, it, it blows my mind how many people will go, Connie, I don't know I, I don't know what God's trying to tell me. Okay, so uh, when was the last time you read your Bible? Oh, you've never opened the Bible? Oh, okay. When was the last time you went to church to get around people? Oh, you've never gone to church. So, so what you're saying is you want God to plop something on your lap, like out of the blue in some big dream, but you're not actively seeking it out. And that that's, doesn't make any sense to me, right? So I always say, if you want to hear from God and you're trying to seek out his answer for something in your life or his direction, then you need to go where he's speaking. Bible, church, this is why we go to church, right? It's not to come in here and just, like we talked about, do all these religious things. It's because we want to hear from God and we want to hear him speak to us. So for me, I would say the first place I start is I have to seek it out. I have to be reading. I have to be worship, listening to worship music. Worship music. I'll be driving and it'll be a worship song that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's it. I got to go to that event on exactly. Thursday. God convicted me. And if the song yeah. is not about going to an event, you uh-huh. know, but uh-huh. it's that's what he does. It's just he can speak through anything, but you need to go where his voice is. Does that make sense? Right. For sure. He can speak through anything, but it's where his voice is. Right. So it's, it's, it has to be the supernatural. Like, are you listening stuff. to it? Are you seeking it out? Mm-hmm. You know? Or a study. You know, you listen to a Bible study and the pastor says something, you're like, that was the answer. Right. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you taking a job or taking it, but that's how good he is and that's how cool he works with his word is it will be on something so random. Like right now, I'm reading the book of Nehemiah, right? It's all on leadership. It's phenomenal. It's about building up a wall in Jerusalem. And people are like, why are you reading that? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Because I just read, oh my gosh, they're having opposition. I'm having opposition in my business. I can get through it. And that's how he speaks mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, you know, just to piggyback that, you know, um, I was thinking about the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. It, it talks about hearing the voice of God right from the gate. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, the Old Testament, has in these last days, the days that we're living in now, spoken to us by his son, Jesus, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom uh, also made the whole world. Um, so in times past, he spoke through the prophets of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, uh, it's, it's Jesus. It's, it's, the, it's the word of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And hearing God's voice, as Connie was saying to you, is like you have to seek it. Uh, Jesus says, seek and you will find. Mm-hmm. Knock and the door will be open. And when you pursue hearing God's voice, he is going to speak. Relationship, uh, Connie uh, brought that up too. It is important. To understand the heartbeat of God, 
You understand his character. Mm-hmm. God's going to guide you in decisions you can make. Is this what I should be doing? No, it's not because it doesn't align yes. with what God has for me. Like if you've heard the term biblical worldview, all it means, it, it sounds like a fancy word or like philosophy or whatever. All it means is that I make my decisions based on what the Bible says. You know, and this work goes to my views on politics. It goes to my views on how to raise my family. It goes to my views of the decisions that I'm making for my personal life. Mm-hmm. It's all linked by, by hearing God's voice mm-hmm. through his word. Yeah. Um, God speak through other people? Yes. I, I think you, uh, you both brought it up. There's complementary things that happen. Um, it can be through the word. It can be through uh, a study you're listening to live. It could be through an old study that Chuck Smith spoke of in, the, in 30 years ago, mm-hmm. like in the 80s or in the or in the, the 70s. It could be from an older person and an older reading. It's like, wow, you read these. I read these old um, guys from the 1800s sometimes, and you're like, it's like there's a line. This is old dude uh, Fenelon, um, who's phenomenal devotions. It's one page, um, seeking the heart of God. They're like one page. It was written in the 1400s. Um, but it's in modern language, and it's like, dude, it connects like every single time. Um, God wants to speak to us, and out of all of those ways, whether it's through a book, whether it's through audio, whether it's through somebody, what's going to confirm something is the peace of God. Mm-hmm. I was given this instruction from your dad back in the day. You don't do anything unless you have the peace of God. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes in, hey, I got this opportunity for you. You know, you take over this church in New York City. Awesome. You just jump the gun and you just go? Did God speak to you? Do you have the peace right. of God? Has he confirmed it through his word? Because there's a lot of things that you can be pulled a lot of different directions, but you only want to be where God uh, has you to be. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to hear God's voice, God will give you peace. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to your calling, this is another good uh, word of advice I've been given because it's really easy to get emotional. People are led by emotion. Right. People love movies, right? You could be led by emotion, like mm-hmm. in a movie, or somebody does a big presentation, it's like come out into the mission field or whatever, it's like all these needs, like awesome. You could be led by emotion, and all of a sudden you're in Cambodia, or you're in Africa, mm-hmm. but you were just led by emotion. You, you want to make sure that that the desire is consistent. It's not just here today. He's like, I'm going to wait on this. This is interesting. Like, th- this mm-hmm. might be something for me, but I'm going to pray. And you're going to see, like, it's still in your heart the next day mm-hmm. or the next week or the next month, and it's confirmed. Yeah. If you're over it, it's the same thing happens in relationships sometimes. You think that this girl is the one or that guy is the one, um, and then time and space go between it, and you just get over it. It wasn't what God had for you, yeah. you know. Here's, so. here's a real uh, extreme version. I've talked about in my book and on the show a couple of times. But like when I was going to get married to Crystal, it, you know, there was like we had this big division. At, pr- prior to her, we had this divi- division with some people at the at the church at Shine, and um, it, there was like a bunch of lies and all this crazy stuff where there was just lies and stuff. And it, I'm about to get married to Crystal. I know God has called me to marry Crystal. He's given me confirmation after confirmation. But it felt like everyone and everything was against this marriage. Mm. Like people were coming against us and all this weird – it was just really bizarre mm. uh, what was going on. It was, it was an attack from the enemy. Right. But yet in this – and I'm using this example because this is like probably the biggest decision in your life is to yeah. get married to someone. Mm. So in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I guess 
wh- what am I doing? I'm mm. about to make the biggest mistake of my life. I'm about to marry someone that's not from God. Mm. Like, am I that delusional? Am I mm. that deceived that I'm going to do this? But yet, in this crazy storm, I had this supernatural peace. peace yeah. And it's yep. the, it, I can't explain it, but yeah. you got to understand, like, it was like, what am I doing this is not what I should be doing according to everyone and everything around me. Mm. But yet in this crazy whirlwind tornado, yeah. mm. I was just standing still and I was just like, no, this is what I got to do. Mm-hmm. And dude, I had that peace in the craziest storm of my life. And guess what? That's what God had for me was to marry yeah. her. And when we got married, everything at all, everything right. ended up flipping up. Everyone that was coming against turned out to be into bunch of crazy lunatics mm-hmm. and the truth came out it took some time huh sean yeah. yep. it took some time truth always yep. takes time to catch it up took to time. gossip it <laughs> took time but what are we doing what do we do we kept pressing in and staying we focused stayed, yep. we stayed the course yep. what god has called us to do and everything all the all these psychopaths yep. got revealed and we came up on top well yep. and i think that's a good sure. i'm so glad you mentioned that because this is another really confusing thing for people when they are trying to listen to the voice of god they're they're thinking that it's supposed to be packaged in roses and it's going to be easy and it's going to be clear and there's not going to be any opposition. And that must mean that it's the voice of God. And it's like, well, no, actually not. Like oftentimes it's not any though. It's going to cause you, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. You're going to, it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It might be challenging. It might be anything. It might be people around you saying crazy stuff, just like you said. But in the midst of that, you know but God's telling me. And when God tells you something, you don't even need to know the who, what, where, when, or why. That is the most incredible thing about our God. When he calls you to something and he tells you, your job, your sole job in that moment is to say, I don't know God. I'm scared. This is crazy. I'm worried. I don't have all the answers, but I'll go. Yeah. Your, your job is to just say yes. And then he brings all the things to, to fulfill you and to equip you for what he's called you to do. But we go back to what we said before. You have to be seeking that voice out. You can't just sit in the confusion and go, well, I don't know what God's telling me, and I'm just so confused. And do not, then go, get moving. Go figure it, Go talk to godly people, men and women around you, that could speak into you. What is your, what is your pastor yeah. saying? What church are you involved with? What Bible study are you in? Are you reading the Bible? So those are the things that I think, like you, from our first half of the show, the condemnation will keep you paralyzed to not seek out God's voice. So you stay stuck in the, Mm. is this God? Is this not God? Is this God? Because you're stuck in the paralyzation. And if you're talking to godly people, like you're saying, these people are filled with the spirit, right? Because the God, you know, his spirit is the same spirit in all of us. Mm. So he could talk to whoever. And if you go, if you're around godly people that you're, you're asking these questions, he'll speak the same message through them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's how he confirms. Yeah. Yep. But if you're not putting yourself in these situations to hear God's voice right. and you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know what God's doing. Well, you're not putting yourself in the situation. Yeah. Then how are you going to hear? Mm. How are you going to hear from God? Yeah. And there's sometimes, too, that, that God is silent on situations. Mm. You know, there's times that you have to just True. wait. Those are important lessons in our life, you know, and sometimes people get discouraged and that's where people sometimes jump the gun Mm. because this is just something I want to do. And then before you know it, they go. Um, they, think of a silent situation. Do you know having silent situations like that you've been in where you yeah, just... Yeah, I've gone through seasons. I've gone through seasons of silence and, you know, your dad has too. And that's what kind of ministered to me too. It's like you're kind of doing all that you know you should do. You read, you pray, you know, but 
maybe you just feel like you're going through a dry season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, you're going through a dry, a dry season, season, a dry season, and um, you maybe you're praying for direction on a particular thing, but you don't. Ha- you're kind of almost indifferent upon it. Like mm-hmm. you still like kind of have this desire, but you don't have the the confirmation. Yeah. Um, and so a, a lot and waiting for like a year a, or yeah. more. Yeah. And the Bible talks about a lot of times of waiting. Yes. Waiting is yes. one of the hardest things uh, in Scripture. It's uh, the so, least fun season. It is. Speaking of seasons, I think. Just get a hobby. The waiting. <laughs> yes. It's the season nobody wants to be in, but it's one of the most important yeah. because it does develop your strength, and it's really going to test if you're going to stick with God and keep going or, like you said, just be like, ah. You yeah, know what the strength is? It. Strength is patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think James talks about it. You know, when you have your patience, you'll be complete yeah. and perfect. Patience is the hardest thing, and so that's true. what that's what God uses because He's working, right? He's the divine chess player. He's like, I'm setting things up. You know, right. you're on this detour. You're going here. You're going there, and you might even meet someone that you're going to work with. Like, say, if I'm going to work with you ten years from now, but we're just hanging out here. Yeah. He's just taking all these detours, but it's just patience to yeah. wait mm. for that timing because he has he has to organize everything, get everything set up, all these moves have to be made. Before you're in checkmate with the king, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's the patience is waiting. A chess game. Think about a chess game. Mm. To get to the king, sometimes, I mean, you're playing there for a while, and you're getting all these pieces all close, and then finally you get, you get to them, but you had to wait for that moment to strike. This is why I don't play chess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wait. <laughs> exactly. One of the translations of patience there in James is endurance. Endurance. And, and that, that's what it is. Um, patience, it, it comes over time. And just like with endurance like physically like if you ever ever try to run before i hate running but like if you <laughs> haven't run for a long time and then you just go run a mile you're like you're dying but if you make it consistently you could do two miles and you could do three miles and you could do a little bit more and the same thing is when you learn to wait upon god when you go through these seasons you see that that it does bring endurance it brings strength mm-hmm. you know you understand if god is uh, causing you to wait and he's not, it's not a thing where you need to move at the time. Don't move. Yeah. You know, don't feel the pressure coming from other people or other things yeah. if the Lord isn't telling you to go a certain direction. Um, and so. Because you'll reap it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It goes, you'll, you'll, you're the one that will pay for it. It's go, yeah. It goes back to being led by emotion. Yeah. You, you yeah. get led by emotion, you can make a lot of foolish decisions. The greatest advice that, that I've been given, one of the greatest advice I've been given is like, you never make decisions when you're angry, when you're sad, when you're depressed. Like, you know, yes. you got you to even out a little bit. You can make real full angry. Yep. You can make a lot of foolish decisions in those, those Never times. make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. Yep. That's one of my favorite ones, too, because we women do that. Chuck, Chuck, I heard Chuck say this story. You guys probably heard it when he was teaching. There was this Cadillac he wanted. It was this used Cadillac mm-hmm. on the corner of the street. And he's like, oh, man, I, want to, I would love to have this used Cadillac. It would be nice. And he went to the guy and met with him. And the guy's like, well, you got to take it right now. There's people waiting. And he goes, if the Lord wants me to have that Cadillac, uh, I'll, it, it'll be ready for me. And the guy's, whatever, say the guy's like 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And Chuck's like, I got four grand or something, you know, yeah. something crazy. And he left. And then. Months later, the Cadillac's still there, and he finally called up. He's like, hey, man, like, basically, he's like, I can't get rid of the thing. How much you got? And he's like, I got that four grand, and he just went and picked it up. Because if God has it for you, then you're going to have it no matter what. That thing's going to sit on the corner of that lot, or if God has that wife for you, she's going to be yours but it's it's you know he'll get he'll get her to you or that job or or anything yeah. the house or that you're looking at that apartment to rent yeah. and you're like dude it's there 
they want fifteen hundred a month or whatever it be, but we can only afford twelve. If you're supposed to get it for twelve and have that, right. it's gonna happen. Yeah. But it's that patience waiting, and that mm-hmm. it's all comes down to trust. God's like, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. And oh, that yeah. again, that's the hardest part. I know. Right? Yeah. Walking by faith, believing in what you cannot see, but believing that it's gonna be there when it's your time. That's yeah. the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of portions, uh, as you're talking about here in the voice of God and seasons. Um, but also when God calls you to action, you, you got to move. There's a, you know, the life of Abraham, right? Abraham, God called him to leave his, his family, like his location. And then he was calling him to a promised land. And, but the book of Acts chapter 7 uh, it's where Stephen, you know the story of Stephen. He was one of the, the seven that what were called to wait tables, you know, help with situations that were going on. Then he gives this amazing message and gives an overview to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he said that our, fathers, our father Abraham, God spoke to him when he, when he was in Mesopotamia. That is something that's kind of like a little bit more clarification that's not found in other portions of Scripture. That God spoke to him back there where he was like in that foreign land, and he actually lagged. He lagged until Mm. his father passed away, Mm. Um, and then he moved. Um, A a lot of times, Mm. God removes people from our lives, removes situations in our lives that we might hear the voice of God, because there is a time of waiting. But there's also a time where we get in a place where we procrastinate yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of it. Like, um, Isn't it a sin to do, if God tells you to do something, yeah. you don't do it? Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For him who knows you do good and does not do it to him, it's sin. That's yep. found mm. in the, the book of James. And uh, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, there was a King Uzziah that was a very popular king. And when he died... Somebody gave this cool illustration. Oh, it was Damien Kyle, dude, at the first pastor's conference after Chuck Smith died. And it was one of the most... Damien, Damien Kyle's, like, legit, like, when he, when he teaches. And he was speaking on that. When King Uzziah died, it says that I, Isaiah, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. When this strong leader was removed mm. from my life that I looked at being, mm. like, my, my go-to, and he was That's removed, good. I was caused to now see, see the Lord. Right. Like you know we rely saying? on other people and crutches sometimes yes. to be the voice of God for us instead of having our own relationship with him. That's exactly. really good. Yeah, no, it was like one of those studies that like your hair is like coming up on your arms kind of because it was mm. so deep and so so real because mm. there is that battle of hearing God's voice of like the balance of waiting and the, bal- and the balance of not procrastinating. Mm. And there's a lot of times like Jeremiah, like I'm a youth, like, I don't want to go. Moses is saying, I can't speak, like, but God's calling you. No, this mm-hmm. is the time. Um, and so you got to really know when there's that urging, where, mm-hmm. where there's that conviction versus condemnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but it all does develop from relationship. And as you read the Bible, because at the beginning you said you got to read the word, but the Bible says that Jesus is the word. Yeah. So yeah. you read that, and that will bring the clarity, and that will, the scriptures will bring the confirmation to yeah. your thoughts. Or... It's, you know, the, 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 it says that the word of God in James is like a mirror. You know, your heart, it could bounce off what you're thinking in your heart and see if that's legit. And then that's your confirmation and God yeah. will speak to you. Mm-hmm. One last question before we end. I'm going to throw this in because it's about uh, physical fitness. How do we navigate mm-hmm. towards God's glory and not towards vanity? Is physical fitness important or is it vanity? 
Godly exercise profits a little bit, but godliness for all things is what what Paul says. It doesn't mean that he neglects it. It just means there has to be a balance. Your your godly character is going to be something that's going to stay with you forever. Your physical body eventually kind of goes down in some ways. But when God calls you to do big things, you got to take care of yourself. Your to body yeah. is a temple temple of God. And so people that destroy themselves by the things that they eat, by the drugs, by the alcohol that they have abused in their families, their bodies start uh, going down. They're not being able to be used at, yeah. at the highest capacity. Also now, uh, we live in a whole different time where there's so much pollution yeah. in the world. So it's smart to be careful what you're eating and exercise. Yeah. The sweat gets rid of the toxins. Mm-hmm. You've eaten cheeseburgers and... Yeah. And ice cream every day, and you going yeah. to church, and you're getting fed by the word of God. Your body is literally uh, getting yeah. destroyed, and you will have a stroke. You will have high. You have diabetes. You will. There's many, many things. Yeah. So it's you know I I eat ice cream. Okay, I drink coffee. I, I eat tacos, <laughs> but also my diet's not 100 percent that. Yeah. You know, right. I eat more 90 percent of healthy stuff, yeah. vegetables and stuff, so I could splurge and do that stuff. But if you eat unhealthy. I mean, you're going to be sick. It's very, it's very simple. And how are you going to have the energy to do, like we just talked about, all the things you're called to do? We, and we were talking on break. We're getting older. we got to get in the saunas. we yeah, got to have yeah. our – or we don't feel right. Like yeah. mental – your body, mind, and soul are connected. He created us that way. Yes. So you need to make sure that all those pieces are in yep. check because they affect each other. Whether you want to think they do or not, they do. And if I want to go do the best that I can with what God's called me to do, I do need to physically be fit. I don't need to put it on the highest priority and make that be my one and only vain goal. Like Sean said, I'd rather be closer with the Lord than anything. But it is important because if I don't feel right and I'm not good, I won't be able to get out. And... You will feel better too. Yeah. You will. And it's all. It's all important. Yep. Body, mind, soul, all together. Body, mind, all right. Soul. Hey, that was a sick show. That's good. That time went by fast. It did. Super fast. I know, man. I feel like good. we just are getting started. All right. Well, let's do another one then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, go to uh, find Connie Sanchez on Instagram. Yes. Um, she's on our social media. You can find her. Go to YouTube. Click on uh, the Ryan Reese Show. Get all the past shows. Go to the Whosoever's. Book us for tour. And get your butt in church. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Hey, friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.